Act Two of Every Man Out of His Humor by Ben Johnson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene One The Country Before Puntarvolo's House. Enter Fastidious Brisk, Sinado, Carlo Buffone, and Salgliardo. Sinado, watch when the night comes and give us word. I will, sir. Exit. How likes thou my boy, Carlo? Oh, well, well. He looks like a colonel of the pygmy's horse, or one of these motions in a great antique clock. He would show well upon the haberdasher's stall at the corner shop rarely. Sahart, what a damned witty rogue's this! How he confounds with his similes! better with similes than smiles and whither were you riding now signor who i what a silly jest's that whither should i ride but to the court oh, pardon me sir twenty places more your hothouse or your whorehouse by the virtue of my soul this knight dwells in elysium here he is gone now i thought he would fly it presently these be our nimble-spirited cazzos that have their evasions at pleasure. We'll run over a bog like your wild Irish, no sooner started but they leap from one thing to another like a squirrel. Hi! Dance and do tricks in their discourse from fire to water, from water to air, from air to earth, as if their tongues did but lick the four elements over and away. Sirrah, Carlo, thou never sawst my grey hobby yet, didst thou? No. Have you such one? The best in Europe, my good villain, thou'lt say when thou seest him. But when shall I see him? There was a nobleman in the court offered me a hundred pound for him by this light. A fine little fiery slave. He runs like a, oh, excellent, excellent, with the very sound of the spur. How? Oh, the sound of the spur? Oh, it's your only humour now extent, sir. A good jingle, a good jingle. Sblood, you shall see him turn Morris dancer. He has got him bells, a good suit in a hobby horse. Signor, now you talk of a hobby horse. I know where one is, will not be given for a brace of angels. How is that, sir? Mary, sir, I am telling this gentleman of a hobby horse. It was my father's, indeed, and though I say it, that should not say it on on he did dance in it with as good humour and as good regard as any man of his degree whatsoever being no gentleman i have danced in it myself too not since the humour of a gentility was upon you did you yes once mary that was but to show what a gentleman might do in his humour ah very good why this fellow's discourse were nothing but for the word humour oh bear with him and he should lack manner and words too it were pitiful nay look you sir there's near a gentleman in the country has the like humours for the hobby horse as i have i have the method for the threading of the needle and all the how the method ay the legarity for that and the wiggy and the daggers and the nose and the travels of the egg from finger to finger and all the humours incident to the quality 
the horse hangs at home in my parlor i'll keep it for a monument as long as i live sure do so and when you die it will be an excellent trophy to hang over your tomb mass and i'll have a tomb now i think on it tis but so much charges best build it in your lifetime then your heirs may hap to forget it else nay i mean so i'll not trust to them no for heirs and executors are grown damnable careless especially since the ghosts of testators left walking how like you him signor for heavens his humour arrives me exceedingly arrives you ay pleases me a pox on't i am so haunted at the court and at my lodging with your refined choice spirits that it makes me clean of another garb another sheaf i know not how i cannot frame me to your harsh vulgar phrase tis against my genius signor carlo takes him aside this is right to that of horace dum vitant storti vitia in contraria corunt so this gallant labouring to avoid popularity falls into a habit of affectation ten thousand times hatefuler than the former carlo pointing to fastidious who here a girl a fool no salt in him either earth man he looks like a fresh salmon kept in a tub he'll be spent shortly his brain's lighter than his feather already and his tongue more subject to lie than that is to wag he sleeps with a muscat every night and walks all day hanged in pom under chains for penance he has his skin tanned in civet to make his complexion strong and the sweetness of his youth lasting in the sense of his sweet lady a good empty puff he loves you well signor there shall be no love lost sir i'll assure you fastidious advancing to them nay carlo i am not happy in thy love i see pray thee suffer me to enjoy thy company a little sweet mischief by this air i shall envy this gentleman's place in thy affections if you be thus private i faith enter synodo how now is the knight arrived no sir but tis guessed he will arrive presently by his forerunners his hounds by minerva an excellent figure a good boy you should give him a french crown for it the boy would find two better figures than that and a good figure of your bounty beside tut the boy wants no crowns no crown speak in the singular number and we'll believe you nay thou art so capriciously conceited now sirrah damnation i have heard this knight pantavolo reported to be a gentleman of exceeding good humour thou knowest him prithee how is his disposition i never was so favoured of my stars as to see him yet boy do you look to the hobby ay sir the groom has set him up as synodo is going out sagliardo takes him aside tis well i rid out of my way of intent to visit him and take knowledge of his nay good wickedness his humour his humour why he loves dogs and hawks and his wife well he has a good riding face and he can sit a great horse he will taint his staff well at title 
when he is mounted he looks like the sign of the george that's all i know save that instead of a dragon he will brandish against a tree and break his sword as confidently upon the knotty bark as the other did upon the scales of the beast oh but this is nothing to that delivered of him they say he has dialogues and discourses between his horse himself and his dog and that he will court his own lady as she were a stranger never encountered before ay that he will and make fresh love to her every morning this gentleman has been a spectator of it signor insulso i am resolute to keep a page say you sir leaps from whispering with Sinido you have seen signor punderbolo accost his lady oh ay sir and how is the manner of it prithee good signor faith sir in very good sort he has his humours for it sir at first suppose we were now to come from riding or hunting or so he has his trumpet to sound and then the waiting gentlewoman she looks out and then he speaks and then she speaks very pretty i faith gentlemen why but do you remember no particular signor oh yes sir first the gentlewoman she looks out at the window after the trumpet is summoned apart not before no sir not before and then says he ah <laughs> what says he be not wrapped so says he <laughs> nay speak speak <laughs> says he god save you says he <laughs> why is this the ridiculous motive to all this passion nay that that comes after his <laughs> doubtless he apprehends more than he utters this fellow or else a cry of hounds within list list they are come from hunting stand by close under this terrace and you shall see it done better than i can show it so it had need twill scarce poise the observation else faith i remember all but the manner of it is quite out of my head oh withdraw withdraw it cannot be but a most pleasing object they stand aside enter puntarvolo followed by his huntsman leading a greyhound forester give wind to thy horn enough by this the sound hath touched the ears of the enclosed depart leave the dog and take with thee what thou hast deserved the horn and thanks exit huntsman ay mary there is some taste in this is not good ah peace now above now above a waiting gentlewoman appears at the window stay mine eye hath on the instant through the bounty of the window received the form of a nymph i will step forward three paces of the which i will barely retire one and after some little flexure of the knee with an erected grace salute her one two and three sweet lady god save you gentlewoman above no forsooth I am but the waiting gentlewoman. He knew that before. Pardon me, humana mestorare. He learned that of his chaplain. To the perfection of compliment, which is the dial of the thought and guided by the sun of your beauties, I required these three specials. 
the nomon the puntilios and the superficies the superficies is that we call place the puntilios circumstance and the nomon ceremony in either of which for a stranger to err tis easy and facile and such am i true not knowing her horizon he must needs err which i fear he knows too well what call you the lord of the castle sweet face gentlewoman above the lord of the castle is a knight sir signor puntarvolo puntarvolo oh now must he ruminate does the wench know him all this while then ah do you know me man why therein lies the syrup of the jest it's a project a designment of his own a thing studied and rehearsed as ordinarily at his coming from hawking or hunting as a jig after a play hey in like your jig sir tis a most sumptuous and stately edifice of what years is the night fair damsel faith much about your years sir what complexion or what stature bears he of your stature and very near upon your complexion mine is melancholy so is the dog's just and a thog you constancy chiefly in love what are his endowments is he courteous oh the most courteous knight in christian land sir is he magnanimous as the skin between your brows sir is he bountiful sir lud he takes an inventory of his own good parts bountiful ay sir i would you should know it the poor are served at his gate early and late sir is he learned oh ay sir he can speak the french and italian then he has travelled ay forsooth he hath been beyond seas once or twice as far as paris to fetch over a fashion and come back again is he religious religious i know not what you call religious but he goes to church i am sure slid methinks these answers should offend him tut no he knows they are excellent and to her capacity that speaks them would i might but see his face she should let on a glass from the window at that word and request him to look in't doubtless the gentleman is most exact and absolutely qualified doth the castle contain him no sir he is from home but his lady is within his lady what is she fairer splendidious and amiable o oh, lord sir prithee dear nymph entreat her beauties to shine on this side of the building exit waiting gentlewoman from the window that he may erect a new dial of compliment with his nomons and his puntilios nay thou art such another cynic now a man had need walk uprightly before thee heart can any man walk more upright than he does look look as if he went in a frame or had a suit of wainscot on and the dog watching him lest he should leap out on oh villain well and ere i meet him in the city i'll have him jointed i'll pawn him in eastcheap among the butchers else peace who be these carlo enter sordido and fangoso yonder's your godfather do your duty to him son this sir a poor elder brother of mine sir a yeoman may dispend 
some seven or eight hundred a year. That's his son, my nephew there. You are not ill come, neighbor Sordido, though I have not yet said welcome. What, my godson is grown a great proficient by this. I hope you will grow great one day, sir. What does he study? The law? Ay, sir, he is a gentleman, though his father be but a yeoman. What call you your nephew, signor? Mary, his name is Fungoso. Fungoso? Oh, he looked somewhat like a sponge in that pinked yellow doublet, methought. Well, make much of him. I see he was never born to ride upon the mule. Gentlewoman reappears at the window. My lady will come presently, sir. Oh, now, now. Stand by, retire yourselves a space. Nay, pray you forget not the use of your hat. The air is piercing. Sordido and Fungoso withdraw. What will not their presence prevail against the current of his humour? Oh, no. It's a mere flood. A torrent carries all afore it. Lady Puntarvolo appears at the window. What more than heavenly pulchritude is this? What magazine or treasury of bliss? Dazzle you organs to my optic sense, to view a creature of such imminence. Oh, I am planet-struck, and in yon sphere a brighter star than Venus doth appear. How, in verse? An ecstasy, an ecstasy, man. Lady Puntarvolo, above. Is your desire to speak with me, Sir Knight? He will tell you that anon. Neither his brain nor his body are yet moulded for an answer. Most debonair and luculent lady, I decline me as low as the basis of your altitude. He makes congees to his wife in geometrical proportions. Is it possible there should be any such humorist? Very easily possible, sir. You see, there is. I have scarce collected my spirits, but lately scattered in the administration of your form, to which, if the bounties of your mind be any way responsible, I doubt not but my desire shall find a smooth and secure passage. I am a poor knight-errant lady, that hunting in the adjacent forest was, by adventure in the pursuit of a heart, brought to this place. Which heart, dear madam, escaped by enchantment? The evening approaching, myself and servant wearied. My suit is to enter your fair castle and refresh me. Sir Knight, albeit it be not usual with me, chiefly in the absence of a husband, to admit any entrance to strangers, yet in the true regard of those innate virtues and fair parts which so strive to express themselves in you, I am resolved to entertain you to the best of my unworthy power, which I acknowledge to be nothing, valued with what so worthy a person may deserve. Please you but stay while I descend. Exit from the window. Most admired lady, you astonish me. Walks aside with Sordido and his son. What? With speaking a speech of your own penning? Nay, look. Prithee, peace. Pox on I am impatient of such foppery. Oh, let us hear the rest. What? A tedious chapter of courtship after Sir Lancelot and Queen Guinevere? Ha! Away! 
I marlin what dull cold nook he found this lady out, that, being a woman, she was blessed with no more copy of wit but to serve his humour thus. Slud, I think he feeds her with porridge. Aye, she could never have such a thick brain else. Why? Is porridge so hurtful, senor? Ha! Oh, nothing under heaven more prejudicial to those ascending subtle powers, or doth sooner abate that which we call acumen ingenie, than your gross fare. Why, I'll make you an instance. You're city-wise, but observe em, you have not more perfect true fools in the world bred than they are generally, and yet you see, by the fineness and delicacy of their diet, diving into the fat capons, drinking your rich wines, feeding on larks, sparrows, potato-pies, and such good unctuous meats, how their wits are refined and rarefied, and sometimes a very quintessence of conceit flows from them, able to drown a weak apprehension. Enter Lady Puntarvolo and her waiting woman. Peace, here comes the lady. Gods me, here's company. Turn in again. Exit with her woman. Slight our presence has cut off the convoy of the jest. All the better, I am glad on for the issue was very perspicuous. Come, let's discover and salute the knight. They come forward. Stay. Who be these that address themselves towards us? What, Carlo? Now, by the sincerity of my soul, welcome! Welcome, gentlemen! And how dost thou, thou grand scourge, or second untruss of the time? Faith, spreading my metal in this reeling world, here and there, as the sway of my affection carries me, and perhaps stumble upon a yeoman fauterer as I do now, or one of fortune's mules, laden with treasure, and an empty cloak-bag following him, gaping when a gab will untie. Peace, you bandog, peace! What brisk nymphodoro is that in the white virgin boot there? Mary, sir, one that I must interest you to take a very particular knowledge of, and with more than ordinary respect, Monsieur Festidius. Sir, I could wish that for the time of your vouchsafed abiding here, and more real entertainment, this is my house stood on the Muses' Hill, and these my orchards were those of the Hasperides. I possess as much in your wish, sir, as if I were made Lord of the Indies, and I pray you believe it. I have a better opinion of his faith than to think it will be so corrupted. Come, brother, I'll bring you acquainted with a gentleman and good fellows, such as shall do you more grace than— Brother, I hunger not for such acquaintance. Do you take heed, lest— Carlo comes toward them. Hushed! My brother, sir, for want of education, sir, somewhat nodding to the boar, the clown, but I request you in private, sir— Fungoso, looking at fastidious brisk aside by heaven tis a very fine suit of clothes do you observe that signor there's another humour has new cracked the shell what he is enamoured of the fashion is he oh you forestall the jest Fungoso, aside i marvel what it might stand him in nephew Fungoso, aside. For me, it's an excellent suit, and as neatly becomes him. Uh, what said you, uncle? When saw you, my niece? 
Mary, yesternight I supped there. Aside. That kind of boot does very rare, too. And what news hear you? Fungoso, aside. The guilt spur and all. Would I were hanged, but tis exceeding good. Say you, uncle? Your mind is carried away with somewhat else. I ask what news you hear. Uh, troth, we hear none. Aside. In good faith. Looking at fastidious brisk. I was never so pleased with the fashion days of my life. Oh, and I might have but my wish. I'd ask no more of heaven now, but such a suit, such a hat, such a band, such a doublet, such a hose, such a boot, oh, and such a... They say there's a new motion of the city of Nineveh with Jonas and the whale to be seen at Fleet Bridge. You can tell, cousin. Fungoso, aside. Here's such a world of questions with him now. Yes, I think there be such a thing. I saw the picture. Aside. Would he once be satisfied? But let me see. The doublet, say fifty shillings the doublet, and between three or four pounds the hose, then boots, hat, and band, some ten or eleven pound will do it all, and suit me for the heavens! I'll see all those devices, and I come to London once. Fungoso, aside. Old slid, and I could compass it, twere rare. Hark you, uh, uncle. What says my nephew? Faith, uncle, I would have desired you to have made a motion for me, to my father, in a thing that... Walk aside, and I'll tell you, sir, no more but this. There's a parcel of law books, some twenty pounds worth, that lie in a place for a little more than half the money they cost, and I think for some twelve pound or twenty mark I could go near to redeem them. There's Plowden, Dyer, Brook, and Fitzherbert, divers such as I must have ere long. And you know I were as good save five or six pound as not, uncle. I pray you, move it for me. That I will. When would you have me do it? Presently? Oh, aye, I pray you, good uncle. Sogliardo takes Sordido aside. Send me good luck, lord, and be thy will prosperate. Oh, my stars, now, now, if it take now, I am made forever. Shall I tell you, sir, by this air, I am the most beholden to that lord of any gentleman living. He does use me the most honourably, and with the greatest respect, more indeed that can be uttered with any opinion of truth. Then have you the Count Graciato? As true noble a gentleman, too, as any breathes, I am exceedingly endeared to his love. By this hand I protest to you, signor, I speak it not gloriously, nor out of affectation, 
but there's he and the count frugel signor illustra signor lascalento and a sort of him that when i am at court they do share me amongst them happy as he can enjoy me most private i do wish myself some time an ubiquitary for their love in good faith there's ne'er a one of them but might lie a week on the rack ere they could bring forth his name and yet he pours them out as familiarly as if he had seen them stand by the fire in the presence or taken tobacco with him over the stage in a lord's room then you must of necessity know our court-star there that planet of wit madonna saviolina oh lord sir my mistress is she your mistress faith here be some slight favours of her sir that do speak it she is as this scarf sir or this ribbon in my ear or so this feather grew in her sweet fan sometimes though now it be my poor fortune to wear it as you see sir slight slight a foolish toy well, she is the lady of a most exalted and ingenious spirit did you ever hear any woman speak like her, or enriched with a more plentiful discourse? Oh, Phelimus, nothing but sound, sound, a mere echo. She speaks as she goes tired, in cobweb lawn, light, thin, good enough to catch flies withal. Oh, manage your affections. Well, if thou beest not plague for this blasphemy one day. Come, regard not a jester. It is in the power of my purse to make him speak well or ill of me. Sir, I affirm it to you upon my credit and judgment. She has the most harmonious and musical strain of wit that ever tempted a true ear, and yet to see, a rude tongue would profane heaven if it could. I am not ignorant of it, sir. Oh, it flows from her like nectar, and she doth give it that sweet, quick grace an exhortation in the composure that by this good air as i am an honest man would i might never stir sir but she does observe as pure a phrase and use as choice figures in her ordinary conferences as any bee in the arcadia or rather in green's works when she may steal with more security well if ten pound will fetch him he shall have it but i'll part with no more Oh, I'll try what that will do, if you please. Do so, and when you have them, study hard. Yes, sir, and I could study to get forty shillings more now. Well, I will put myself into the fashion, as far as this will go, presently. Sordido aside. I wonder if it rains not. The almanac says we should have a store of rain today. Why, sir, tomorrow I will associate you to court myself, and from thence to the city about a business, a project I have. I will expose it to you, sir. Carlo, I am sure, has heard of it. What's that, sir? I do intend, this year of jubilee coming on, to travel. And because I will not altogether go upon expense, I am determined to put forth some five thousand pound, to be paid me five for one, upon the return of myself, my wife, and my dog, from the Turk's court in Constantinople. If all or either of us miscarry in the journey, tis gone. If we be successful, why? There will be five and twenty thousand pound to entertain time withal. Nay, go not, neighbor Sordido. Stay to-night, and help to make our society the fuller. Gentlemen, frolic. Carlo, what, dull now? I was thinking on your project, sir, and you call it so. Is this the dog goes with you? This is the dog, sir. He does not go barefoot, does he? 
Away, you traitor, away. Nay, afore God, I speak simply. He may prick his foot with a thorn, and be as much as the whole venture is worth. Besides, for a dog that never travelled before, it's a huge journey to Constantinople. I'll tell you now, when you were mine, I'd have some present conference with a physician, what antidotes for good I gave him, preservatives against poison. But assure you, if once your money be out, there'll be divers attempts made against the life of the poor animal. Thou art still dangerous. Is Signor Deliro's wife your kinswoman? Aye, sir, she is my niece, my brother's daughter here, and my nephew's sister. Did you know her, sir? Oh, Lord, sir, Signor Delero, her husband, is my merchant. Aye, I have seen this gentleman there often. I cry you mercy, sir. Let me crave your name, pray you. Fungoso, sir. Good Signor Fungoso, I shall request to know you better, sir. I am her brother, sir. In fair time, sir. Come, gentlemen, I will be your conduct. Nay, pray you, sir, we shall meet at Signor Delero's often. You shall have me at the Herald's office, sir, for some week or so at my first coming up. Come, Carlo. Exeunt. Methinks, Cordatus, he dwelt somewhat too long on this scene. It hung in the hand. I see not why he could have insisted less, and to have made the humours perspicuous enough true as his subject lies but he might have altered the shape of his argument and expurgated them better in single scenes that had been single indeed why be they not the same persons in this as they would have been in those and is it not an object of more state to behold the scene full and relieved with variety of speakers to the end than to see a vast empty stage and the actors come in one by one as though they were dropped down with a feather into the eye of the spectators. Nay, you are better traded with these things than I, and therefore I'll subscribe to your judgment. Mary, you shall give me leave to make objections. Oh, what else? Is it the special intent of the author you should do so? For thereby others that are present may as well be satisfied, who happily would object to the same you would do so sir but when appears macliente again marry he stays but till our silence give him leave here he comes and with him signor deliro a merchant at whose house he has come to sojourn make your own observation now only transfer your thoughts to the city with the scene where I suppose they speak scene two a room in deliro's house enter deliro Macalenti and Fido with flowers and perfumes. I'll tell you by and by, sir. Welcome, good Macalenti, to my house, to sojourn even forever, if my best in Kate's and every sort of good entreaty may move you stay with me. He senseth. The boy strews flowers. I thank you, sir. Aside. And yet the muffled fates, had it pleased them, might have supplied me from their own full store. Without this word, I thank you to a fool. I see no reason why that dog called Chance should fawn upon this fellow more than me. I am a man, and I have limbs, flesh, blood, bones, sinews, and a soul as well as he. 
my parts are every way as good as his if i said better why i did not lie not less his wealth but nodding on my wants must make me bow and cry i thank you sir dispatch take heed your mistress see you not i warrant you sir i'll steal by her softly exit nay good friend be merry raise your looks out of your bosom i protest by heaven you are the man most welcome in the world i thank you sir aside i know my cue i think re-enter phaedo with more perfumes and flowers where will you have them burn sir here good phaedo what she did not see thee no sir that is well strew strew good phaedo the freshest flowers so what means this signor delaroe all this sensing cast in more frankincense yet more well said o mcclenty i have such a wife so passing fair so passing fair unkind but of such worth and right to be unkind since no man can be worthy of her kindness what can there not no that is as sure as death no man alive i do not say is not but cannot possibly be worth her kindness nay it is certain let me do her right how said i do her right as though i could as though this dull gross tongue of mine could utter the rare the true the pure the infinite rights that sit as high as i can look within her this is such dotage as was never heard well this must needs be granted granted quoth you nay mcclenty do not so discredit the goodness of your judgment to deny it for i do speak the very least of her and i would crave and beg no more of heaven for all my fortunes here but to be able to utter first in fit terms what she is and then the true joys i conceive in her is't possible she should deserve so well as you pretend ay and she knows so well her own deserts that when i strive to enjoy them she weighs the things i do with what she merits and seeing my worth outweighed so in her graces she is so solemn so precise so froward that no observance i can do to her can make her kind to me if she finds fault i mend that fault and then she says i faulted that i did mend it now good friend advise me how i may temper this strange spleen in her you are too amorous too obsequious and make her too assured she may command you when women doubt most of their husbands loves they are most loving husbands must take heed they give no gluts of kindness to their wives but use them like their horses whom they feed but half a peck at once and keep them so still with an appetite to that they give them he that desires to have a loving wife must bridle all the show of that desire be kind not amorous nor bereaying kindness as if love wrought it but consider it duty offer no love rites but let wives still seek them for when they come unsought they seldom like them believe me mcclenty this is gospel oh that a man were his own man so much to rule himself thus i will strive in faith to be more strange and careless yet i hope i have now taken such a perfect course to make her kind to me 
and live contented that I shall find my kindness well returned, and have no need to fight with my affections. She late hath found much fault with every room within my house. One was too big, she said. Another was not furnished to her mind. And so through all, all which now I have altered. Then here she hath a place on my back side, wherein she loves to walk and that, she said, had some ill smells about it. Now this walk have I before she knows it, thus perfumed with herbs and flowers, and laid in diverse places, as twere on altars consecrate to her, perfumed gloves and delicate chains of amber to keep the air in awe of her sweet nostrils. This I have done, and this I think will please her. Behold, she comes. Enter Phallus. Oh, here's a sweet stink indeed. What, shall I ever be thus crossed and plagued and sick of husband? Oh, my head doth ache, as it would cleave asunder with these savours. All my rooms altered, and but one poor walk that I delighted in, and that is made so fulsome with perfumes, that I am feared my brain does sweat so, I have caught a plague. Why, gentle wife, is now thy walk too sweet? Thou sayest of late it had sour airs about it, and found much fault that I did not correct it. Why, and I did find fault, sir. Nay, dear wife, I know thou hast said thou hast loved perfumes, no woman better. Ay, long since, perhaps. But now that sense is altered. You would have me, like to a puddle or a standing pool, to have no motion nor no spirit within me. No, I am like a pure and sprightly river that moves forever, and yet still the same. Or fire that burns much wood, yet still one flame. But yesterday... I saw thee at our garden, smelling on roses, and on purple flowers, and since, I hope, the humour of thy sense is nothing changed. Why, those were growing flowers, and these within my walk are cut and strewed. And yet they have one scent. Ay, have they so, in your gross judgment. If you make no difference between the scent of growing flowers and cut ones, you have a sense to taste lamp oil in faith. And with such judgment have you changed the chambers, leaving no room that I can joy to be in, in all your house. And now my walk and all you smoke me from, as if I were a fox, and long be like to drive me quite away. Well, walk you there and I'll walk where I list. What shall I do? Oh, I shall never please her. Maculenti, aside. Out, out on the dotard. What star ruled his birth that brought him such a star? Blind fortune still bestows her gifts on such as cannot use them. How long shall I live ere I be so happy to have a wife of this exceeding form? Away with them. Would I had broke a joint when I devised this that should so dislike her. Away, bear all away. Exit Fido with flowers, etc. I do, 
for fear aught that is there should like her oh this man how cunningly he can conceal himself as though he loved nay honoured and adored why my sweetheart sweetheart oh better still and asking why wherefore and looking strangely as if he were as white as innocence alas you're simple you you cannot change look pale at pleasure and then red with wonder no no not you tis pity are your naturals i did but cast an amorous eye even now upon a pair of gloves that somewhat liked me and straight he noted it and gave command all should be taken away be they my bane then what sirrah fido bring in those gloves again you took from hence <laughs> spotty sir but do not bring in no gloves to spite me if ye do ay me most wretched how i am misconstrued maculenti aside oh how she tempts my heart-strings with her eye to knit them to her beauties or to break what moved the heavens that they could not make me such a woman but a man a beast that hath no bliss like others would to heaven in reek of my misfortunes i were turned to some fair water-nymph that set upon the deepest whirlpit of the ravenous seas my adamantine eyes might headlong hail this iron world to me and drown it all behold behold the translated gallant oh he is welcome enter fungoso apparelled like fastidious brisk save you brother and sister save you sir i have commendations for you out of the country aside i wonder they take no knowledge of my suit mine uncle sogliardo is in town sister methinks you are melancholy why are you so sad i think you took me for master fastidious brisk sister did you not why should i take you for him nay nothing i was lately in master fastidious's company and methinks we are very like you have a fair suit brother give you joy on it faith <laughs> good enough to ride in brother i made it to ride in oh now i see the cause of his idle demand was his new suit pray you good brother try if you can change her mood i warrant you let me alone i'll put her out of her dumps sister how like you my suit oh you are a gallant in print now brother faith how like you the fashion it is the last edition i assure you i cannot but like it to the dessert trust sister i was fain to borrow these spurs i have left my gown in the gauge for them pray you lend me an angel now beshrew my heart then good truth i'll pay you again at my next exhibition i had but bare ten pound of my father and it would not reach to put me wholly into the fashion i care not i had spurs of my own before but they were not jinglers master fastidious will be here anon sister you jest never lend me penny more while you live then and that i'd be loth to say in truth when did you see him 
Yesterday I came acquainted with him at Sir Puntarvolo's. Nay, sweet sister. Maculenti, aside. I fain would know of heaven now why yon fool should wear a suit of satin. He, that rook, that painted jay, was such a deal of outside. What is his inside, Trow? <laughs> Good heavens, give me patience, patience, patience. A number of these popinjays there are, whom, if a man confer and but examine their inward merit with such men as want, Lord, Lord, what things they are. Follis gives him money. Come, when will you pay me again now? Oh, Lord, sister. Here comes another. Enter Fastidious Brisk in a new suit. Save you, Signor Delero. How dost thou, sweet lady, let me kiss thee? How? A new suit? Ah, me! And how does Master Fastidious Brisk? Faith, live in court, Signor Delero. In grace I thank God both of the noble masculine and feminine. I must speak with you in private by and by. When you please, sir. Why look you so pale, brother? Slid, all this money is cast away now. Ay, there's a newer addition come forth. Tis but my hard fortune. Well, I'll have my suit changed. I'll go fetch my tailor presently, but first I'll devise a letter to my father. Have you any pen and ink, sister? What would you do with all? I would use it. Slight and it had come but four days sooner the fashion. Exit. There was a countess gave me her hand to kiss today the presence. Did me more good by that light then, and yesternight sent her coach twice to my lodging to entreat me accompany her and my sweet mistress with some two or three nameless ladies more. Oh, I have been graced by them beyond all aim of affection. This is her garter my dagger hangs in, and they do so commend and approve my apparel with my judicious wearing of it. It's above wonder. Indeed, sir, this a most excellent suit, and you do wear it as extraordinary. Why, I'll tell you now in good faith, and by this chair, which, by the grace of God, I intend presently to sit in, I had three suits in one year made three great ladies in love with me. I had other three undid three gentlemen in imitation, and other three got three other gentlemen widows of three thousand pound a year. Is it possible? Oh, believe it, sir. Your good faith is the witch, and your apparel the spells that bring all the pleasures of the world into their circle. Oh, the sweet grace of a courtier. Well, when my father had left me but a good face for my portion yet, though I had shared the unfortunate with that goes with it, I had not cared. I might have passed for somewhat in the world then. Why, assure you, signor, rich apparel has strange virtues. It makes him that hath it without means esteemed for an excellent wit. He that enjoys it with means puts the world in remembrance of his means. 
it helps the deformities of nature and gives lustre to her beauties makes continual holiday where it shines sets the wits of ladies at work that otherwise would be idle furnisheth your two-shilling ordinary takes possession of your stage at your new play and enricheth your oars as scorning to go with your skull pray you sir add this it gives respect to your fools makes many thieves as many strumpets and no fewer bankrupts oh out out unworthy to speak where he breathes what's he signor a friend of mine sir by heaven i wonder at you citizens what kind of creatures you are why sir that you can consort yourselves with such poor seam-rent fellows he says true sir i will assure you however you esteem of him he is a man worthy of regard why what has he in him of such virtue to be regarded huh mary he is a scholar sir nothing else and he is well travelled he should get him clothes i would cherish those good parts of travel in him and prefer him to some nobleman of good place sir such a benefit should bind me to you for ever in my friend's right and i doubt not but his desert shall more than answer my praise why any had good clothes i'd carry him to court with me to-morrow he shall not want for those sir if gold and the whole city will furnish him you say well sir faith signor delero i am come to have you play the alchemist with me and change the species of my land into that metal you talk of with all my heart sir what sum will serve you faith some three or four hundred troth sir i have promised to meet a gentleman this morning in paul's but upon my return i'll dispatch you i'll accompany you thither as you please sir but i go not thither directly tis no matter i have no other designment in hand and therefore as good go along i were as good have a quatrain fever follow me now for i shall ne'er be rid of him bring me a cloak there one still upon his grace at court i am sure to be visited i was a beast to give him any hope well would i were in that i am out with him once and come signor mcclinty i must confer with you as we go nay good wife i beseech thee forsake these moods look not like winter thus here take my keys open my counting-houses spread all my wealth before thee choose any object that delights thee if thou wilt eat the spirit of gold and drink dissolved pearl and wine tis for thee so sir nay my sweet wife good lord how you are perfumed in your terms and all pray you leave us come gentlemen adieu sweet lady exeunt all but follis ay ay oh, let thy words ever sound in mine ears and thy graces dispersed contentment through all my senses oh how happy is that lady above other ladies that enjoys so absolute a gentleman to her servant a countess gives him her hand to kiss oh foolish countess 
he's a man worthy if a woman may speak of a man's worth to kiss the lips of an empress re-enter frangoso with his tailor what's master fastidious gone sister ay brother aside he has a face like a cherubim odds me what luck's this i've fetched my tailor and all which way went he sister can you tell not i in good faith aside and he has a body like an angel how long is't since he went why but even now did you not meet him aside and a tongue able to ravish any woman in the earth oh for god's sake i please you for your pains to his tailor but e'en now say you come good sir slint oh, i had forgot it too if anybody ask for mine uncle sogliardo they shall have him at the herald's office yonder by paul's exit with his tailor well i will not altogether despair i have heard of a citizen's wife has been beloved of a courtier and why not i hi-ho well i will into my private chamber lock the door to me and think over all his good parts one after another exit well i doubt this last scene will endure some grievous torture how you fit all be racked by some hard construction do not you no in good faith unless mine eyes could light me beyond sense i see no reason why this should be more liable to the rack than the rest you'll say perhaps the city will not take it well that the merchant is made here to doe at so perfectly on his wife and she again to be so fastidiously affected as she is you have uttered my thoughts sir indeed why by that proportion the court might as well take offence at him we call the courtier and with much more pretext by how much the place transcends and goes before indignity and virtue but can you imagine that any noble or true spirit in court whose sinewy and altogether unaffected graces very worthily express him a courtier will make any exception at the opening of such as empty trunk as this brisk is or think his own worth impeached by beholding his motley inside no sir i do not no more assure you will any grave wise citizen or modest matron take the object of this folly in delirio and his wife but rather apply it as the foil to their own virtues for that were to affirm that a man writing of nero should mean all emperors or speaking of machiavel comprehend all statesmen or in our sordido all farmers and so of the rest than which nothing can be uttered more malicious or absurd indeed there are a sort of these narrowed eyes decipherers i confess that will extort strange and abstruse meanings out of any subject be it never so conspicuous and innocently delivered but to such where'er they sit concealed let them know the author defies them and their writing-tables and hopes no sound or safe judgment will infect itself with their contagious comments who indeed come here only to pervert and poison the sense of what they hear and for naught else enter cavalier shift with two sequences bills in his hand stay what new mute is this that walks so suspiciously oh marry 
this is one for whose better illustration we must desire you to presuppose the stage the middle aisle in pause and that the west end of it so sir and what follows faith the whole volume of humour and worthy the unclasping as how what name do you give him first he hath shift of names some call him apple john some signor whiff marry his main standing name is cavalier shirt the rest are but his clean shirts to his natures and what makes he in paul's now troth as you see for the advance of a sequi or two wherein he has so varied himself that if any of them take he may hull up and down in the humorous world a little longer it seems then he bears a very changing sail oh as the wind sir here comes more end of act two